0: Hey, what's up friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. We really do appreciate you listening to us. And hey, today we got a, a great guest for you. Before we get to there, we talk about um, uh, this great strategy he shares for building relationships with event planners. That's one thing we talk about a lot is the importance of building relationships, having a long-term mentality. He talks about using this and thinking about this in terms of, of decades and not days. So I uh, really like the way he, he puts this and what he talks about. Before we get there, Let me remind you, if you haven't already, to pick up our latest book, The Successful Speaker Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, Building Your Platform. This is the step by step playbook, process guide, and resource that you need for finding and booking speaking gigs. So, whether you're looking to find and book your first gig or your hundredth gig, uh, this is the book for you. So, again, the book is the successful speaker, five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. All right. So today, we are talking with my buddy, John Rulin from Giftology. And uh, John teaches how do you build relationships through gifts? So we talk about what does this look like in terms of the do's and don'ts of giving gifts? John tells one of the best stories that you've ever heard right out of the gate. Uh, we also talk about uh how uh, who you should be giving gifts to and when you're building relationships with people uh and then finally we talk about in the context of the current climate we're in the highs and lows of the economy right now and the uh the the effects of the coronavirus and all of that how do we view gift giving as not an expense but as an investment so John has some great tips and investment and, and ideas there so let's uh let's jump right into this conversation with John Rulin enjoy Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolton here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast today, joined by my buddy, Mr. John Rulin, author of Giftology. John, thanks for hanging out with us. How are you today?
1: I'm, uh, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, Grant.
0: You bet. You bet. Now, I, I didn't prep you on this. I thought about prepping you, but I'm not going to. Uh, as like speakers, I know, we're going to throw one right out of the gate. We're coming swinging. As speakers, uh, speakers love a good story. And if I remember correctly, you have a redonkulous story about proposing to your wife. Is that accurate? Am I remembering this correctly? <laughs> way to
1: jump into like, th- not even the meat, like no let's... way to like jump into the heart. Like, yes. Physical,
0: physical it, am heart. I remembering correctly? It's a crazy yeah. story. This is you, right?
1: Yeah, this is me. Yeah. Okay.
0: Can you give us the story? Let's come out of the gate with this.
1: Yeah. So 2008, 2009. Uh, that time period, kind of when everything was melting down, Yeah. Um, every, everything that could go wrong in my business went wrong. I basically almost, you know, had IRS audit, had a, uh, a nephew, you know, 18 month old nephew pass away, Whoa. Uh, just like horrible stuff. And in a, in a period of about six months, I went from like, like feeling like I was the king to almost losing the business. And I was dating uh, my now wife and um, she moved back to St. Louis. I was still in Ohio. And um, we did the long distance thing. And one of my mentors like, is she the one? I'm like, yeah, she's the one. He's like, why aren't you proposing? And I'm like, because I'm broke as a joke. Like I, I'm trying to just like survive through yeah. this downturn. And uh, he's like, you're going to lose her. Like you need to commit. And uh, I was like, you know what? You're right. Like I, I'm, I'm being a wuss here. Like I need to like step up. So I decided I, you know, being the gifting guy, like I do a lot of crazy things for clients, clients and employees, whatever else. I got to make the engagement better than anything that's ever been done. For you know, for uh, my future wife, and so I decided I'm a kind of a hopeless romantic. I built this whole concept around the Notebook. Like I, I love the Notebook. Have you not never seen the Notebook? I've never before? seen it. and That's know?
0: honest That's honest truth. I've never seen it. No judgment. On, no judgment.
1: It, it's on like TBS three times a week, man. I mean, like <laughs> it's like on repeat. So if you don't, if you don't know the movie, it's like this romantic story of war and breakup and multi decades. And the movie, the the through line is like this guy in his nineties is reading this notebook to you find out at the end, it's his wife and it's their story together. And she has Alzheimer's and remembers who that he's her husband like 10 minutes a day. And they have this moment once a day through reading this story together. So it's like heartbreaking. It's, 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 it's romantic. And so I'm like, I'm going to create our notebook story. I got my brother who was going to be like, he just graduated from film school and I dressed up like I was a 90 year old man. With like bifocals and <laughs> and uh, you know like false teeth and like I literally looked like I gained 150 pounds because I had arranged to be sitting on the plane next to her when she was flying to see me. My and on there wow. she'd be reading this notebook that I created for is like 90 pages of our story together. But she didn't realize the dude sitting next to her would be me cause I'm in disguise. Yeah. But at the end it starts talking about growing old together. Will you love me when I gained 150 pounds and I smell like brute cologne and <laughs> you know, I wear NASCAR jackets, all this stuff. And I hid the the ring in the back of it, like Shawshank redemption style. Yeah. So, so at 30,000 feet I could propose. And then when we landed, um, back into Ohio, uh, 200 of our closest friends were, you know, supposed to be there, ready to celebrate with us. So that was what was supposed to happen. <laughs> so the morning of, I fly into St. Louis, my with my brother, we transform me into a 90 year old man. Lindsay gets there, you know, eight hours later to the airport to fly to Ohio, and my brother delivers There's this box. She's listening, you know, to this notebook story, reading it. And uh it's pre-boarding time, so they come to get me on the plane early because I'm old, right? I'm 90 years old. Yeah. And I go to step onto the plane and I collapse. And <laughs> I was like, this isn't part of the plan. Right. So so they they're like, sir, sir, sir. They roll me over, there's blood everywhere. And uh they're like, uh call nine one one. So they a another pilot gets off the plane and comes over, sees a nine-year-old guy on the floor, thinks I'm having a heart attack, pulls the defibrillator off the wall. They take, oh they, they cut clothes off. They put the pads on. Sh- they they hit the button to shock me. I'm bounced off. And so like the wig comes off, and Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay who's like on cloud nine, all of a sudden is like, oh my gosh, why is why is this old man? Why is that John? Like she freaks, melts down. So they they can't stabilize me. TSA and FBI shows up asking questions because there's a guy in disguise getting on an airplane. <laughs> They take me to the ICU. They run every test under the sun now. And Lindsay's not even sure if I'm going to make it through the night. Yeah. And so the next morning I wake up and uh, I'm like, Oh my gosh, did I, you know, I'm on all these drugs uh, for the breathing machine, or whatever else. And I'm like, did I get, you know, did I get engaged? <laughs> and they're like, you almost died. They like tell me the whole story. I think it's the funniest thing. on the- And, uh, and so like the doctor comes in is like, Hey John, did you change your diet? Like what'd you do recently? And I'm like, Oh, I, You know, every year I do something new in January and this year I gave up carbs. I did the special diet and he's like, well, what'd you eat and drink yesterday? And I'm like, nothing. I was nervous. I'm in disguise. He's like, you had a low blood sugar seizure that the machine misdiagnosed. You should have died when you got shocked. And I'm like, but I didn't. Isn't that amazing? So, (laughs) So I think it's the best story ever. And for the first four, like fortunately, Lindsay married me six months later with no like crazy story. But we fought over this thing for a long time because I was like, this is the best story ever. And she's like, this is the worst. Like she had like PTSD. Wow. And uh, it wasn't until a mentor asked me, he's like, what's Winsy's favorite, like perfect day? And I'm like, oh, for her birthday, she wants like a six month itinerary ahead of time. Like what we're gonna do. Yeah. And He's like, so does she like surprises? And I'm like, it's like somebody punched me in the mouth and the guy at the same time. And I was like, no, she hates surprises. And it was at that moment that I had the light bulb moment that I was like, most people when they're doing gifts, like for her, like I made the gift all about what I wanted. I love surprises yeah. and she hates them. And I made it all about me. And when we do gifting in business, if we like steaks, we take people out for steak dinner or we send steaks or we send wine. If we love wine, if we send a gift, it's, it has our logo on it or it's our company colors or our book colors yeah. and a gift by its very nature, if it's a true gift is about the recipient. It's not about you. And most people make the gift about themselves. So it took me a long time before I, I've recovered. Still to this day, there's still a wound for my wife. Cause it's like, it was her wow. worst day ever. And I didn't realize it for the first four years of marriage. I was such an idiot. Um, so even the gift guy be it, really wrong, really, really bad. What
0: a story. Do you tell, ta- now I know, and we'll get into it, but uh, like uh, you, you're, within your business today, you do uh, a mix of different things, but you still do a decent amount of speaking. Are you, do you share that story pretty regularly?
1: Yeah, that's I, I. People ask like, "Hey, we speak on leadership. We speak on this, this, this." I'm like, "No, I I speak on how to use gifting and gratitude as a competitive advantage to grow your company." So yeah. I speak. I, I limit it with four little ones. I speak twenty times a year. That I cap it at that. Yeah. Um, I won't go over it. And so our speaking fee has gone up. But I, the people are like, "Hey, do you have a different keynote?" And I'm like, "No, I have one keynote." <laughs> that's always my closing. Um, That's always my closing remarks. Is like yeah. I tie tie everything together with that story because people like are falling on the floor laughing. Yeah. They're, crying. They're crying. They're like, I mean, I, normally when story. I tell it, it's like a, it's a 15 minute story of like all these ups and downs. Um, but, but I always tell that story. I have to get, I had to get permission from my wife because like to this day, it's still not her favorite story, even though the lesson's good. She agrees with the right. lesson. Um, but it's still, it's still not her favorite.
0: That's amazing. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. We apologize to Lindsay if she hears this. Uh, So let's start with this. Um, Again, you've kind of been known and and positioned yourself well as the the gift guy. Kind of explain what you mean by that. You kind of touched on that as as terms of like what you speak on. But what's the idea behind giftology?
1: Yeah. Well, at at the end of the day, no company, you know, really wakes up thinking about gifts. Like nobody's like, oh, man, I got to have a gift strategy but everybody cares about the outcomes of relationships. Everybody says relationships with employees and clients and partners and referral sources. Like we're all about relationships, but if most leaders and speakers are honest, they suck at showing gratitude to the people that matter the most. They're like, Hey, it's Christmas, send gift, Amazon gift cards, or, Hey, it's, you know, it's the event time. Let's send some wine. And you know, if relationships matter then how you show gratitude and show up to those people matter. And so the core of our business, is you know we, we call it the giftology marketing system because at the end of the day, most people will invest a lot into relationship building and marketing, but they really don't have a relationship strategy. So the core of ours is like, how do you in a tangible form show up for the relationships that matter to show them that everybody gives lip service to something? How do you make what you say and what you do congruent? And so if you do that really well with gifts... Like you show up differently to people, like you're top of mind, you get the referrals, people go out of their way to advocate and sell for you. Uh, you get the follow up phone call, you get the loyalty. Everybody says they want loyalty, but they're not willing to make the investment. So the core of our business is we own an A, and we help you know from small solopreneurs all the way up to the Chicago Cubs, think through the strategy. And then the difficult thing is it's, it's not hard to buy one gift, but it is hard to scale it. So if you have a dozen people, or 20 people or 2000 people how do you do it consistently with those relationships so it doesn't feel automated so that's the core of our business is really a gifting agency
0: yeah one of the things i like there and this is just kind of a lesson in the speaking world that we talk a lot about is like we are in the solution providing business like we have to we have to solve a specific problem so like you said no business owner no uh, manager is lying in bed at night thinking about you know how do i give better gifts or how do i what should i give for christmas this year what should be the company you know, the, the annual bonus gift, whatever, you know, like nobody thinks like that, but they do think, how do I grow the business? How do I get repeat customers? How do I get more people? How do I generate more word of mouth? And so, uh, this is one thing we talk about, uh, in the book, we just talk about just in general is like using it through a, um, uh, not, I, I don't want, well, using it through this this lens of like, here's the thing we we're going to talk about. Here's the p- solution I'm going to solve for you uh, of helping you grow your business. But I'm going to use, I'm going to go through a different way. So we call it like the Trojan horse method, right? Uh, yep. Here's what you signed up for. Here's what you need help with. But here's, here's the methodology that I'm going to take you through to get you there. So why gifts? You know, like of, of all the different things, it's not typically like a top of mind thing for people of like, man, I want to grow my business. So let's double down on gifts. You have found that that works really well. You've, you've proven that that works well the marketplace not just obviously for you but for your clients um so like why gifts where does that come from for you
1: well i th- well for me um I'm, I'm an introvert naturally yeah uh and i had a mentor Same. early on um yeah people are like "Oh, you're an introvert i'm like yeah like i i was the kid you know one-on-one i'm great you know, yeah, but but for a decade when I people would ask me to speak, I'd speak once a year, and I'd have diarrhea for six months leading up to the speaking engagement. Literally, like I, my stomach would just be in knots yeah. thinking about it. Um, it's not that way anymore. I get nervous the day before and the day of. But um, but but I saw when I was 20 years old in college, I saw a mentor who was an attorney and he was a rainmaker, and I saw the generosity that he showed came back to him like a hundredfold. And he didn't do it in a tactical way, like a tit for tat. But it was just when he was, you, know, you grew up poor, I grew up on a farm in Ohio, like I noticed the generosity. And then I, I noticed like, at 60, I was like, I want to have relationships like Paul does. I want to have referrals coming out of my ears like Paul does. I want to have access and have everybody love me like him. And so I'm going to model that success because I don't have a network. I didn't grow up the country club or the right connections or my dad didn't have you know, all these different deals. And so I had to build it from the ground up. And I'm like, I want to be Paul when I'm 60, I'm 20 now. So I got 40 years to make these deposits. And I started to model and mimic this when I was interning with Cutco, the knife company. Um, I was doing that to pay for med school. That's what I was going to go do is be a doctor because I thought doctors made a lot of money. And uh, and so really I was, I started selling knives. And I remember I went and I pitched Paul. I, I saw, you know, he bought a set for himself and his three unmarried daughters. Like he dropped like three grand on knives that's the kind of guy Paul was. Yeah. And so he's like, I want to help you hit your goals. I don't know what else I can buy. So I'm like, Paul, all of your clients are men. They're all CEOs of like insurance companies, financial advisor firms, lumber yards, and they're all into the outdoors. Would you, would you think about buying a hundred of these, you know, these are high end like 60, 70, $80 pocket knives. Yeah. And he's like, uh, John, I don't want to order pocket knives Got to order paring knives. I'm like, you want to give a bunch of dudes, like a bunch of grown men, a kitchen tool? Like why? And he's like literally like one of the things that just like shifted my whole life into a whole new perspective. He's like, John, in 40 years in business The reason I have more access referrals, loyalty is I found out a simple truth. And that's if you take care of the family in business, everything else takes care of itself.
0: Hmm. So
1: for me, I started to model this and I'm like, if Paul's doing it, I started to do it and I started to get access. And I realized here's why is in business. We all kind of follow the same playbook. Most people do dinners. They do you know, rounds of golf, they'll do cigars, they'll do conferences and associations. We all, we all have our relationship building playbook is the same. Yeah. Most people on gifting, like real gifts, they think they're a seven, but really they're a negative three. So if you just help people get to be like a three or a four on a right. scale of one to 10, the competition is so like, if you want to go compete on Facebook ads or on associations or on these other things, like, like you're like incremental better. Yeah. yeah, But on gifting, you could a hundred times better. And it's like that one little thing that makes you different. It's like Seth Godin talks about it being a purple cow. Yeah. Like if you can be a purple cow in one area, it creates a halo effect for every other area. And so I started to, as a college kid, I would invest like $300 in a Cutco carving set with the CEO of like a $200 million company I'd want to get a meeting with. And I would put a little handwritten note inside that said, carve out five minutes for me. I promise it'll be worth your time. And I'm like 21 at the time. I'm sending yeah. this off in my dorm room, packaging it all up. And two weeks later, I get a phone call back and it'd be the CEO's assistant. And I'd walk in, you know, into the boardroom with the one suit I had on looking like as <laughs> country bumpkin as possible. <laughs> and in walks Mr. Smith in his 60s. And he's like, are you the John Rulin that sent me the knives? And I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, man, I thought you'd be like some seasoned sales executive like in their 50s. I'm really confused. Are you here to sell me knives? And I'm like, no, sir, I'm here to help you and your thousand sales reps do exactly what I did to you to your top 10,000 relationships. That's good. And so I walked out of there an hour later with a PO for, for a thousand knife sets. Cutco thought it was fraud because they'd never seen an order that big. Yeah. And, and so I, I realized as an introvert, I'm not, never going to be the life of the party. You know, my love language, ironically enough, is words of affirmation. But when I would send a gift to somebody I would always get this positive response and it created this, this depth of relationship and conversation. And even to this day, I'll, talk, I'll, I'll text somebody I haven't talked to in 10 years and they're like, John, I was just thinking about you yesterday. I was using those silly knives. Yeah. Uh, or my wife was talking about you. So I realized that if I wanted to be top of mind as this introvert and I didn't have the right connections, being, putting something tangibly in their hands that they use all the time Was my way to shortcut and get a depth of relationship and be able to build this relationship long term because everybody else was doing all the other stuff.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious though, um, I I think to be devil's advocate, I think there's going to be people who are listening and um, who knows when people will be listening, but uh, at the moment we are recording, we're in the early stages of this coronavirus that is taking over the planet and is naturally causing businesses to to pull back and to rethink some expenses and to tighten the belts and, um, you know. People personally are, are thinking a little bit more on expenses and uh, again, we have no clue how this is going to play out. We you know you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording. it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. so no. um, even when the dust settles, uh, this is like one of the more unique strange things that has ever happened in most of our lifetimes. And so this is going to change how people do business. So the danger would be for people to be like, man, I I get the value of sending gifts and I get the value of this, but they can be expensive. It can be time consuming. It feels like another line item. And so if I'm looking through potential line items as a speaker going like, man, do I, you know, do I send 10 really high quality gifts to 10 event planners, and it may turn into something, but it may turn into nothing and it, and it didn't go anywhere. What do you say to that, that speaker who's going like, I mean, to do gifts well, it seems like it, it's just another lineup. It's just another expense that may or may not pan out to anything.
1: Yeah. Well, what I'd say is that um, doing generosity, you know, like if, if you're a person of faith, it yep. talks about, you, know, you reap uh, a hundredfold when you when you sow seeds in the famine yeah. um, versus most people just want to celebrate with you on the mountaintop. And so I think showing up from, with a generous spirit with, uh, with no strings attached um, in the valleys is when you make a big impact. But that's easier said than done. What yeah. I'd say is that if you look at your business, you know, whether you're a speaker, it doesn't really matter to the industry, if, if relationships really matter, what's the value of a referral from that person over the next 50 years. And oftentimes for speakers, it could be five, 10, you know, for us we're in the 35 to $70,000 range. So if I land one speaking engagement over the next 20 years, you know, like it's a pretty powerful thing, but I've seen other speakers and other people in the hospitality industry that um, like one in particular, is it with Hilton, they're getting 60 events canceled a day and this, the regional sales guy who's losing commission says, all these event planners are having a rough week. We're going to send, so he picked his top 40, mailed off this cool gift to all of them. And no, not asking for anything, just basically saying like, hey, I, I know this is a rough month for you. I want to let you know, like, we appreciate who you are and, and we're in your corner. So you're not asking for anything, you're not asking for referrals. What's interesting is a number of them reached back out and said, hey, the PO for two, 2021, send us that, we wanna get it approved. He got $2 million in requests from people that are like, the sky is falling. Uh, another example back in two thousand eight, two thousand Cameron Harold, who you may or may not know, he wrote Double yep. Double. He's a yep. big speaker, one of the top business coaches in the world, and uh, what I I did the crazy seven thousand dollars in Brooks Brothers experience for him when the sky was falling for me. I didn't have the seven thousand dollars to invest. Um, what's interesting is that uh, investment, and I continue to send him gifts over the time over the next five years. I can tie back to it's it's produced a fifty x ROI. The 20 grand I invested in him over a decade has produced seven figures. Yeah. So if, if people are playing this, everybody says it's sexy right now because of Gary V to say they're playing the long game, but most people's long game is like three weeks. Right, right. Uh, if you're playing, if you're playing the long game, not in days, but you're playing it in decades, then you know, eventually things will settle out. And people when you know, like we always remember the, the people that were in our corner when our back was against the wall. And so what I would say is if you, if you have a marketing budget and a relationship building budget and all these different things, it really should be built into whatever you're going to invest in overall relationship building and marketing and travel and all this other stuff. And I'm not saying cut everything else out and only do gifts, but we do see a lot of people that say, you know, if they have a $10,000 budget, they're, they're taking 30% of that and saying to me, I would rather go, and blow, some, blow 10 people away, then go mediocre on 100 people. And that's where yeah. most people, like when they're doing their book launch, they send out a vanilla envelope with a typed form letter out to 500 people. And then they wonder why they're not getting on podcasts or stages. When I published my book, self-published it three and a half years ago, I made 50 copies that were $200 a piece. They hmm. came, and I sent them to people that were either clients, mentors, or people I respected from afar. And I didn't ask them for anything. It just said, hey, You've impacted my life. I wanted you to have a copy of this, and they were personally monogrammed. They were inside a leather bag, inside a linen box. They're two. They were handmade. Guys like Michael Hyatt, who I didn't have a relationship with, I sent one to. Yeah. And he reached out to me and said, "John, I've I've probably seen forty thousand books in my forty years of being in publishing and whatever else, and I get thousands sent to me a year, and they all go to Goodwill. I I can't even look at them. Like there's too many of them." He said, "Not only did I read your book, my wife read your book, and I've ordered twenty copies." the nicest book I've ever seen. Now, most people would say $200 is a waste of money for a book, but if it's your life's work, most people will spend $200 on a bar tab. Nobody remembers the next day. Yeah, I'll spend $200 on one book and if I give it to the right person, the ripple effect could be a thousand X ROI. So it's yeah. not about a matter of spending more money. It's a matter of taking whatever dollars you're investing and spending it differently and going all in on fewer people and doing it like do gifting like it matters like you give a rip most people do it like it's check the box i got to do it ironically we don't allow our clients to send gifts at christmas because why it's given out of obligation and expectation nobody's wowed and surprised and delighted when they're given a gift out of expectation and obligation so even things like timing mike are actually more important than what you're sending
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense. Who should speakers be considering giving gifts to? Cause the event planners, like you said, the people who are ultimately the decision makers are the obvious people. There's also a, uh, a whole bunch of people in any given audience that have the ability to do business with us. The challenge sometimes is you're speaking to an audience of, uh, of, you know, a hundred or 500 or a thousand people, and you have no clue who's in the audience of what that's going to turn into. Um, so you have that side of it, but then like I said, you have the event planner, you have the AV people, you have the assistant, you have, um, all like a whole bunch of moving pieces that go on behind the scenes of people that are involved in the single 45 minute or 60 minute talk that you gave. So who should we be thinking about in terms of like build, building those relationships with?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, a lot of the gifting to this day, I still, people are like, what's the hot, sexy gift. I'm like the, the stupid knives and people are like, really, you still send knives. And I'm like, our clients send millions of dollars in knives. Yeah. And the reason is, is that, well, you know, right now everybody's stuck at home and having to cook three ironically it's the best gift ever right now because people (laughs) are having to cook whether they want to or not but but to this day I, i talk about one of the core principles of giftology is the inner circle and most people will take care of the ceo they'll take care of and i'm like take care of the spouse and the family take care of the assistant take care of the event planner the assistant event planner you know, take care of the av people why because most of the people that our so-called decision makers, are busy. They get stuff sent to them all the time. If you're the CEO of a company, you're flying private or you're golfing at Pebble Beach, you think you're doing something awesome by sending them like a $75 bottle of wine. Meanwhile, yeah. the typical bottle that they're drinking is $300. So you basically right. just gave them, you spent money to look silly right. to them. And, and, and that, that's the challenge is like people gift all the time and what they're actually doing is they're spending money to, to not to devalue the relationship. And so what I would say is go to the people that are around the executive and love on those people because they're treated like gatekeepers. They're treated like pawns. They're treated like less yeah. than. And so I, I send the same gift. I've done this, this is the way. We landed one of the biggest deals ever with a pro sports team, uh, with the Orlando magic. Every time I sent the CEO of the Orlando magic, who was really the client who was cutting the check. Yeah. I sent the, the assistant, the same gift for two years never asked for anything she was the one that became my internal sales advocate to the entire orlando magic organization we landed a multi-six-figure deal with them not because of alex it was because of cheyenne had had like talked about me nonstop stop for two years because it wasn't a manipulation it was an investment in the relationship realizing usually the people behind the scenes are doing all the work at an event anyway yeah then they get crapped on so i double down so if i speak Let's say I get, I get paid 10 grand to speak. I would invest 10 to 20% of that back into that relationship to keep them as a client so they rebook me in the future or they'll do a consulting deal or something else with me. But I also like event planners talk. They're in associations yeah. and groups and whatever else. And so do AB people. Like if you, if you have a reputation for being a douchebag, other people will talk behind the scenes right. and you wonder why you're not getting deals. It's because people don't like behind the scenes, you're a pain in the butt to work with. You're the right. green M M&M M guy. Right. Um, but if you're the person that shows up and is, you know, like baby screwed up and you're like kind and you're like have a heart or you're showing up and you're sending gifts before and after the event to the event planner, who's working her butt off or his butt off to take care of things. That person now is like, people are like, how do you like, how did you land like some of these large speaking gigs? I'm like, because all of my clients have become salespeople for me. Yeah. I, I don't have a sales team, but I have thousands of people that are CEOs to assistance that I've poured into not asking for anything in return. Like a Cameron Herald, the reason it was a 50 X ROI. I could, I couldn't hire Cameron for $2 million as a salesperson. Yeah. But for a couple grand invested in him, I get him as a salesperson. Like, you want to talk about like the best arbitrage in the world right. is getting people that are out there that want to see you win. Most people, you know, they're takers or they're matchers, but when you're a giver, people, instead of having a target on your back, you have somebody that's want, all these people that want to lift you up and see you win. Yeah. And so as a speaker, there's what a hundred thousand speakers out there, you know, as a financial advisor, there's 475, 475,000 financial advisors. Like there's so much competition. This is one of the ways that you can equip other people to say, you know what, out of all the people that I'm going to make a phone call for today, yeah. I want to, I want to make it for the person who is a giver. Right. And that's where the multiplication effect starts to happen. And so it seems weird. It seems awkward. It seems uncomfortable, but that's primarily why it works. Cause most people don't, they discount it and they're like, Oh, the gifting thing, that's kind of cute. And I'm like, you keep thinking it's cute (laughs) because I don't want everybody to do it. If everybody was a great gift giver, it would just be like Facebook ads and another thing. It'd just be marketing noise, but because people suck at it and, and people are, are are selfish, Yeah, it's one of the few levers I see out there that can really differentiate a relationship in a way to where you really empower somebody to go be a, what I call active loyalist for you.
0: All right, so help us to not suck at it. What are some do's and don'ts uh, and just some big p- picture principles for gift giving?
1: Yeah, um, no logos. A You'd never go to a wedding of a couple and put like compliments of giftology on the Tiffany's vase <laughs> you're gonna give to the couple. And yet in business, we do things we would never do in our personal life and we call it marketing or branding and what we're actually doing is spending money to damage the relationship a logo makes it a promotional item i don't care if you give a role like i saw Dom- give rolexes to their franchisees guess what they did they turned them in because even if you work for Domino's, do you want dominoes on the white face of your air king rolex no because it's tacky right. but most people when they're doing their book launches when they're doing their gifting when they're do- they, they make the gift all about themselves logo colors It needs to have the other person's name on it. If I send out 10,000 knife sets for a client, every single one is personalized to that person with their name, their family name, their spouse's name. Second thing is is include the inner circle. We already talked about that, but I can't hammer that home enough. Spouse, assistant, kids, and pets. Those are the four buckets of the inner circle where you can invest $1,000 and get $100,000 return on the back end. Timing. Never do gifting after referrals. People are like, oh, I want, to, I want to do a referral program. And I'm like, are you in the transaction business or the relationship building business? And everybody, even if they're selling toilet paper, which obviously right now is a hot commodity, right, right. Um, you know, a widget manufacturer, everybody says they're oh, we're all, all about relationships and we add value and we're not the low cost provider. We're not in the commodity. I'm like, if somebody gives you a, mil- a $20,000 speaking lead and you send them a $200 Starbucks gift card, what did you just turn that relationship and referral into? transaction that's it for tat and the other person's like i know they just made 20 grand and they just sent me 200 bucks like what a cheap sob whereas if you went and sent gifts to people not because of a transaction not because of a referral not because of a holiday you sent it out as a just because now all of a sudden that person receives it's like wow grant was thinking about me that's amazing and so the timing of the gift needs to show up you can i call it planned randomness i'll lay out for a client um, or my team of giftologists will plan out what gifts are going to client never knows what's coming when the or the recipient because it's not coming at an expected time so timing making it that surprise and delight is super powerful and the other thing is is we won't let allow a gift to go out without a handwritten note people send it from amazon and i'm like uh, are your relationships automated and they're like oh no 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 like our relationships are super important i'm like if something comes from amazon and feels like you just click the button and send it off versus something comes well packaged and personalized and there's a handwritten note with it, which one's going to deepen the relationship? Cause at the end of the day, anything you send to a client, a prospect, a partner where we live in a pretty wealthy country, they can yeah. go buy their own knives or their own leather goods or their own whatever. It's the, um, like really the, be a delivery vehicle for an emotion. Yeah. Like that's where you get people to say, I got this thing. I can't believe they were thinking about me and whether it was a $50 thing or a $5,000, like it's not the thing. It's what it represents in the relationship. Like Kings in the old Testament would give other Kings like a thousand head of cattle. Cause they valued the the value of the relationship. It was a representation. And so the thing isn't the important thing, all the details around it, including the handwritten note. In fact, if you can't afford to do gifts, take an hour and write the nicest note on the nicest piece of paper and send it to somebody. It'll be worth more to them than your stupid tchotchke that yeah. you think is so cool. Cause it's, Oh, we're gonna send flip flops because we're. Do we have a beach theme? Like nobody needs another pair of flip flops to take to Goodwill. Um, It might be cute and part of like on. It's on point from a thematic perspective, but it's not gonna deepen the relationship and move somebody a year from now to go advocate for you. So those are some of the highlights. Some of the you know, if you just did some of those things really well, you could be a better than you know ninety eight percent of the people that are out there. And the last thing I would just say is, is you need to have a plan. Like if you have an operational plan, a finance plan, a marketing plan, you should have a relationship plan. We, we spent 19 years perfecting ours for our clients. And, and we charged a lot of money to walk our clients through, through that plan. If your tribe wants to go down the whole system and do it on their own, they can do it on their own time for free. Uh, they go to giftologysystem.com. They'll get from why, why you should send gifts, what you should be budgeting for. Like we don't hold anything back from the plan. And what, what most, what ends up happening is a certain percentage of those people, you know, the the selfish side for us is we want 1% of people to come back to us and say, you know what, this, we got the plan. This this is really hard to execute. Can we just hire your firm to go do it for us? The other 99% of the people, I want them to go love on their relationships. Well, and what's cool is the more people are generous, like good things start to happen in Mm -hmm. the world. And, And right now to me, like that's, like my BHAG is to get a million people out there being more radically generous.
0: Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, I wanna ask one other question here before we wrap up. Uh, yeah. You've obviously given a lot of gifts uh, for your clients or on your behalf. What's the coolest one? Like the gift that you look back, you're like, man, we, we did really good there. Like that was cool. Anything that come to mind?
1: Yeah, um, one of my favorite ones was uh, Jeffrey Gittermer, who uh, he's become a big advocate oh. for us. Um, and I'd sent him like 18 gifts over 18 months. I built him like a $4,000 knife set. And so I already had him as a, he, he was a friend, he was a client, he was a raving fan, but I knew he loved ice cream, uh, Haagen-Dazs chocolate to be, uh, <laughs> to be specific. And so I it took us two years to track down illegally a Hagen dazs freezer. It's illegal to own a Haagen-Dazs freezer because Nestle actually owns all of them and we tracked one down on eBay filled it with like 50 pints of ice cream had it delivered to his house with this crazy thousand dollar bowl that told his whole life story and it was like this crazy and, and so they can eat the ice cream out of the bowl um uh, but he has now in his office a haagen-dazs freezer stocked with uh with haagen-dazs chocolate ice cream and, and that came in like multi-stages and, and just amazing he, he reached out he's like john i get a lot of cool stuff um you know he's like in the 70s he's like you'll never beat this gift this is so over the top and so crazy he still talks about it to this day
0: that's wild john good stuff again the book is giftology if people want to find out more about you you mentioned giftology giftologysystem.com where else can people go to to find you
1: um, I, I would say those are the two places. I mean, the book is our whole playbook. The the you know the download is is our whole system. Uh, they can go to Giftology Group if they want to dive in a little bit more or learn uh, some of the other things. But uh, take the free resources and run with it for uh, for now. Um, and you know, you can always email me directly, John at GiftologyGroup.com. That's my actual email.
0: Cool. Sounds good, John. Thanks for the time, man. Thanks, Grant. All right, there you go. hope you enjoyed that conversation with John. If you did, again, don't forget to check out his book, Giftology. While you do, pick up our book, The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs getting paid and building your platform. I would encourage you to take the ideas, the strategies, the things that we have talked about here with John, the relationship building tips and do more than just be like, Oh, that's a nice idea. But maybe even think of one person who is one person that you want to continue to, to build a relationship with or build a deeper relationship with or start a relationship with. And what is some type of gift that you could give them? So I would encourage you to do more than just listen to this, but to actually take action on it. All right. Thanks for being here, my friend. Hope you have a great day. You're awesome.